0: I'm gonna have my notes up. Over yeah, one we're,
1: corner. We're we're in and we're live. We finally it, it happened. We we're allowed. That wasn't that bad. It wasn't that okay. Well, no. For you or you just watched.
0: I know I just like, oh, watched. <laughs>
1: dude, it, this was the most struggle bus of a live stream that I have ever
0: had. Do you wanna do you wanna summarize it for the viewers, like what you had to go through? <sighs>
1: This is what I normally use to live stream with my camera. The camera that you people are seeing is normally this. But for some reason, it is not connecting to my computer at all. It'll charge, but it won't show up in iTunes. So now I've got my phone that I use every day hooked up and using it. And that's why it looks so much better. It looks amazing. But now I have no phone for anything I might need it for while we're streaming, which is probably fine.
0: So what you're saying is paypal.me slash Brantmore. Dude,
1: I'm going to go buy a new <laughs> buy this man a camera. tomorrow. Like I'm going to find someone who has an iPhone 6 on Facebook Marketplace. I'm going to buy it tomorrow.
0: Good. I'm looking forward to it.
1: I, I, like, I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to do my news stream tomorrow, which I don't even have prepared. And that's not even the crazy thing that I wanted to wait to tell you about. Yes. Yeah. So I was on my way home. It's raining and it's dark in Ohio right now. I went to uh sauna with my buddy sponge at the YMCA. We are on our way or I'm on my way home and I'm driving like there's a Valley and I'm driving and you know how like sometimes at a skate park, at a contest jam, whatever. Why does it say no data? Oh, whatever. Uh, a tire will explode.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get that big just out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. So that happened, <laughs> but like, I don't know what it was. I was just driving, was. and all of a sudden, by my rearview mirror, it was just like an explosion went off with no fire, nothing. I don't know what happened, but it 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 did that, and then my one of my front light things you push the button it comes on one of those Mm -hmm. came on and the little sunglasses holder right there compartment opened up
0: okay now brant this is very important how close are you to the west virginia border i'm not damn okay so i've been obsessed with the mothman legends recently. we got a
1: skunk ape legend here
0: that's that's up there with mothman i love that so much (laughs) And so I just keep on thinking, like, man, anywhere near that, like, Appalachia, that area of the country, like, Mothman, supernatural something, Mothman. So I'm going to hold on to uh, Skunk Badger Man
1: or whatever it was. Dude, Skunk Ape. (laughs) Uh, Oh, sure. But it happened, and, like, I immediately, like, pulled over a little bit. And this is, you know, I live out in the country, so, like, I'm kind of out, you know. And immediately I had that thought of, like, those facebook posts where they tell you like don't get out of your car if you have a 100 hundred dollar bill under your windshield wiper i'm like mm-hmm. you know i probably shouldn't get out of my car right here so i pulled up the road to the mcdonald's at the top of the hill pull in and at this point i called my dad because like he's a mechanic he owns a mechanic shop i'm like i have no idea what happened there was just an explosion in my car <laughs> and i don't know what it was so i was looking around And there's no marks on my car. I thought maybe, like, okay, I'm in the country. Maybe a deer ran into me or maybe something, whatever. There's no marks anywhere on my car. No evidence of anything. Under the hood is perfect. Nothing on the top of the car where that noise could have came from. So, like, I am completely at a loss for what could have happened. And,
0: dude, I feel like that's the most terrifying thing of all, like, If you found, like, a dead bird or something in your grill. I'm going to go
1: tomorrow, and I'm going to check and see if there was an owl or something laying on the side of the road right where that happened. But Mm -hmm. I figured the smart thing would not be to not get out of my car right where some random thing just happened.
0: Yeah. No, good move, dude. I'm glad you're all right.
1: Thanks. Me too. I have no idea what happened. Then I come home, and (laughs) – my stupid phone won't connect to iTunes or my computer, so I can't use it as a webcam for this live stream we're doing.
0: It'll be okay. We got Everything's it. Good. I did.
1: Everything's good. Everything's yeah. good. We're in. I don't know. Phones are connected. We're on. We're talking. We're chatting. Yeah. How was your day?
0: Uh, it was good. Uh, did a bunch of writing. Did some teaching. I'm trying to get back into running, too, because, you know, we can still do that in California. Like, go for a run in the morning. Um no it's good dude i've been teaching freshmen this year and now that we're back in person it's just like it's the best yeah everybody's masked up and and taking care of business still but like it's great to be back in the classroom i love it kids are so like a good group of kids this year too uh it's the best i don't know
1: become a teacher you went back to uh teaching
0: yeah um So I did teaching from 2016 to 2019. I was like a middle school teacher. And then from June, 2019 until this recent, this recent semester, I just did like the content creation YouTube thing full time. Um, but no, I just miss the kids, man. I miss being back in the classroom. Yeah. It's, it's good for my, for my brain to like be around people.
1: Hey, nothing wrong with that.
0: No, it's good. And I'm still doing all the, all the YouTube stuff and, um, doing a bunch of freelancing right now too like getting scripts ready about like public health i'm working with complexly uh so they do all the scripts for like scishow um crash course and so they're like a larger educational uh youtube company and they've been great i'm sure like some of their viewers have seen crash course before or have used it for school Mm -hmm. if they're younger um no but they've been great to work with too i don't know i just like learning stuff
1: that's cool man that's really cool i'm Uh, stoked to hear you're like psyched on what you're doing too still
0: one of the one of my students asked me like so what do you so what do you do like <laughs> when you're not teaching and like it's more of this dude like i i found a job where i get paid to learn about things that i find interesting
1: and then teach and them to other people
0: yeah exactly that's pretty sweet right
1: real quick smooth uh, go ahead
0: I was gonna say the smooth transition into what i'm gonna teach you tonight
1: Ooh. Well, real quick, while you're preparing that, I just want to shout out everybody in the chat and all of the members who are also in the chat. Jerry from PA, Huck Karinski. Uh, Shout out to Taco Slurvis who said, dude, you might have got abducted. (laughs) But that (laughs) was what looked in my head because like nothing was wrong. But like there was a reason for me to get out of my car. I'm like, they don't know who's in this car. Like if somebody was doing something, like maybe somebody did do something maybe I hit an owl maybe I don't know but bad things come in threes apparently
0: I'm glad you're here that's all I got to say just like barely
1: freaking I'm I'm buying a new webcam phone tomorrow yeah,
0: <laughs> this is interesting man I'm gonna I'm curious to see how you close the loop what loop uh because the story is like it's unfinished You don't. oh yeah I gotta happens. go so drive
1: it's... over there and see if something's there
0: yeah let me know
1: so what do i what am i learning about today
0: all right so uh for the viewers who don't know hi i'm patrick i make videos mostly about biology health and medicine uh, and so part of that is researching like cool things that are happening within the space and what is more popular right now especially within bmx than cbd
1: speaking so. of cbd let me just grab my can of it that's sitting right all right
0: <laughs> okay so that i watched your video on that and that's how i wanted to start this so like what was what was your experience with this stuff
1: okay so before aces i had zero experience with cbd i had never tried it i had never like done any i'd never used any type of it whatsoever and then they emailed me and like wanted to work together on stuff and so I was just like, well, I'll try it. if I'm, or I, I would like to try it before doing anything. So they agreed and sent me some stuff. And it just, like, a couple weeks went... This is a long way to tell this story. But a couple weeks went by where I'm like, oh, I'll just use it after I ride. Like, sure, I'll, I'm sure I'll get sore. I'm sure, like, I'll need it for something. A couple weeks went by and I'm like, dude, I haven't gotten sore at all. Like, there's nothing at all that I need to use this on. And then... I crashed and hurt my wrist uh it's like sprained it or whatever and I'm like well I guess this is my time to try it and so I filmed my unboxing the video that you saw or whatever mm-hmm. that night the same night that I heard it and I put it on and I was like immediately like I mean I don't know and then a couple a minute goes by and I'm like I feel like I'm kind of feeling something yeah. Then later, it was like, okay, I feel like something might be happening. And and the reason I liked all of this because I had zero frame of reference. I had no expectations. I've heard people say that it works. I've heard people say that it doesn't work. So I'm like, well, whatever. And uh, so it was, that was the first day that I used it. I was like, I feel like something might be going on here, but I can't tell yet. Then later, as my wrist heals, I used it again and at this point my wrist had just it was just pain it wasn't like broken or anything it just hurt so i put it on and do literally within two minutes it was and how this is how i described it to everybody was that when you take a tylenol or something and you just like notice that your pain your ache is just gone literally within two minutes it was just like whoa it's gone it doesn't hurt at all and that's pretty much been the experience for every single person that I've given it to and and everything.
0: That's right. It's, you've become like, it worked for you and you're becoming a, a, what do I want to say? Ambassador. Um, Yeah. Ambassador. Yeah. You're, you're giving good testimonies about it. Yeah. And,
1: and like, I mean, I'm still waiting on the contract renewal, but I'll still, (laughs) I'll still shout them out because it works for me. And this stuff, has the highest concentration of CBD in it of anything out there. Like, a normal tin like this, it's 3.2 ounces or something like that. normal tin like this would have, like, 500, 1,500, maybe 2,000 milligrams in the whole entire tin. This is 11,500.
0: We're hundred. We're going to get into that, like, why that's actually totally necessary for a topical like that, too. Yeah,
1: and and so, like the way that it was sold to me and just the way that i understand it is like well now you need less to get the same result or you can use more and get a greater result
0: there's and there's dude actually that's very exciting cuz there are some caveats to that too
1: um uh real quick there's a couple people saying they they might need this stuff if you use the link in the description below as well as the code just BMX in all caps you get 25% off and it helps me. So there's that.
0: Yeah. And, and nothing I'm saying is going to like contradict your endorsement or anything. Like I'm going to present just like high level science about Mm -hmm. like what some of the experiments are that have been done, the general physiology of how it's supposed to work. And then like, what do we do about this? Like, what are the big takeaways? So it's your it's your endorsement. I'll let you do that thing. I'm well. I'm, I'm... still in
1: limbo. They're not paying me anymore,
0: so <laughs> okay. So it's just a product that you like and you yeah. want to tell people about. Okay, cool. Um, so I had a question for you. What is up? Do you think with like with the this like resurgence of CBD within BMX? Because I've seen people doing like the drops, topical creams, like like you've got. Why all of a sudden are we seeing more? do to be this honest. Yeah, please.
1: Be it. I think that it's because it's like this stuff is more and more and more accepted. And then because it's becoming more like learned about and accepted all these companies, I mean, they're CBD companies. They're working with like marijuana plants, but in a different way, they've got money and BMX riders and are cheap, (laughs) like compared to like an actual, like big named person out there. BMX riders are cheap. Skateboarders, all this stuff were cheap. So, I feel like it's that's part of it too is these, these companies are usually like this one is under in supply or something like that. And these mm-hmm. these companies I feel like are usually under a much larger company. So they've got like the money to to put out there to advertise their product. I think that's yeah. and the fact that if it works for somebody, that's Like how it worked for me, that made me want to promote this company.
0: Sure. Yeah. And just in general, like influencer marketing is cheaper than like traditional marketing. Mm. And it seems like the kind of people that would use it, whether they're like extreme athletes, you know, our people or I don't know weekend warriors, you know, dad types. Those are the kind of people that are going to be more likely to just tell their friends. And so I feel like that's a, it's a pretty good bang for your buck if you're trying to market CBD products to go for BMX skaters, climbers, whatever.
1: Also the fact that BMX as a whole does not recognize the fact that random dude with 20,000 followers on Instagram is an influencer. The same way that marketing guy at CBD company B like, sees that 20,000 followers and is like, oh, that's an influencer. To us, it's just like, oh, that's just what happened on Instagram.
0: Kind of. I guess so. I mean, like, but you interact with people on the internet and know that you have influence.
1: Yeah, but I think that the majority of people in BMX, because money and those types of things are so taboo or have been, that they, had like, I feel like the majority of people haven't made the connection with the fact that They have value as a person and as a brand to see what the companies are seeing in them the same way. There's people who do, and it's very obvious because these people like like how Nyquist is working with Bobcat. Like Mm -hmm. Nyquist knows that he's working with this huge company who is working with him because of who he is on the Internet and what he's done in BMX and stuff. Not just like, oh, just random thing that happened
0: oh no i agree like if you're i don't know how many followers he has over all the social medias but like you can find people who have more right. But bobcat is a great fit for someone like ryan who has that kind of image and history that really goes with that and he's company. selling it yeah yeah he's yeah doing it anyway we're getting we're getting off track of Sorry. Like, cbd okay no, no no we could we could talk about this stuff for this is a lot of like where our fields overlap too yeah um okay
1: for anyone right. who doesn't Council. know. Patrick rides BMX, just so you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still, just not I'm not, I'm, talk, I'm not just talking to some science guy like he rides.
0: Yeah, I yeah, rode yesterday actually. It was a delightful session. Uh um, so Let's get into it. Okay, so if you were to guess what the most common CBD product in the states is, what would you guess?
1: Well, can can we run through a list? I'll give you of, some categories. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to try to try to
0: randomize this. I'll just go in I'll go in uh alphabetical order i guess capsules okay drops so like like the under mm-hmm. the tongue tinctures uh the dried flower edibles uh topicals and vape oils
1: vape oils really yeah, i didn't yeah, know that there was vape CBD, cbd vape oils i thought there was weed ones like thc ones yeah um, we'll
0: get into this later on too, but like that's a big thing within the research is separating the effects of CBD from the effects of marijuana or THC plus CBD.
1: Right, um, man, that's tough. I my gut would want to say topicals, just because it feels like the most common like connection that someone might make between like, like they've they're using Ben Gay or they're using some other sure. thing, Icy Hot. They're using something that's like it. And then they see this topical that's C B D and it's supposed to be great and this awesome thing. I feel like that that's where my gut wants to go, but I don't feel I bet you that it's probably not right.
0: You're you're not too far off. So topicals was number two. Is it is it uh, vapes
1: that's number one?
0: No, wow. drops is number one. I was gonna uh, say that
1: was another one just but that because that was the first thing I ever saw that was C B D was the drops. Yeah.
0: And where did you see it? I don't remember. I just I saw it in 7-Eleven, and I'm like, oh, well, this is what we're doing now. This is the, uh, this is the uh, five-hour energy of 2021, I guess. Yeah. It's just a new hot product. Um, okay, so this, this result comes from a, I think, 2018 article comparing uh, uses and perceptions of CBD in both the U.S. and Canada. Sorry, it came out in 2020. Uh, they found that within the last year, 25% of Americans had used a CBD product. So that's any one of those things that I just listed, whether it was a drop in edible or whatever. A quarter of Americans are using CBD within the last year. So like that's a pretty big amount of people. What was the sample right? size? Oh, so this was, just to let you know, this was printed in cannabis and cannabinoid research. So this was like a pretty focused yeah. research paper. Uh, this was an a sample size of over 15,000 respondents, ages 16 to 65 in the US and Canada. Oh, I'm sorry. So 30,000 in the U S 15,000 from Canada, 45,000 then total. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted to see what the difference was between the U S and Canada. Yeah, And so more people in the U S are using it than in Canada. I don't guess why.
1: That's a pretty good sample size. Right.
0: Right. But it was again, a pretty focused group. So like we're probably going to see more people using it within that would respond to this kind of survey. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, is that really representative of the rest of the population? Probably not. But again, it's a little different than
1: the survey being taken at the outside of a Walmart.
0: Right, right. right. I feel like that's the best intersection of humanity. (laughs) Yeah, that or a Speedway gas station,
1: at least here in Ohio.
0: (laughs) Right, dude. Uh, Okay, so yeah, most common was drops, then topicals. Edibles was right behind topicals. Um, And so I'm guessing that's just like CBD gummies is probably the most common one. Yeah. Uh, then vape, then capsules, then dried flower. Um, so we have this like this picture of who is taking it and it's across a bunch of different age ranges. So it's not just like young people at the skate park, right? It's across age ranges. Um, and it's coming in a bunch of different forms. So a lot of the research in the last couple of years has looked at like, we have all we have a lot more research about smoking cannabis than we do about CBD products. So right away from the beginning, we know so much less about just the effects of cbd than about smoking in general and i know we were saying it's taboo that like we haven't been able to study cannabis because it has been taboo because it's been a yeah. schedule one drug which is messed up too um basically saying the it's uh, on the same uh the level powers as heroin it, right basically there's no medical benefit and why will we even study it like it's it's one of the weirdest things within drug regulations here's your
1: proof that it
0: has medical
1: benefits <laughs> the fact that i'm
0: have this well, okay, anecdotes that it has medical evidence. I'm I'm still gonna push back on you a little bit. So most of our most of the information that we have is from like inhalation and smoking. Um, okay. Do you want to learn what people have used it for next or like the physiology of how it works? I don't I don't know if I wanna just bore you with like I feel like... like
1: the how it works should come before that. So you have a okay. better understanding before you learn about how.
0: Sure. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um okay. So within our bodies, we have chemicals and we have receptors for those chemicals. Yeah. Just in general, we got that. There are a few different receptors, basically like little spots on different cells that can be activated or turned on by different chemicals. We have two types of receptors for canna- for basically like cannabis derived chemicals Cannab- called
1: cannabinoids.
0: I always mess this one up. It's <laughs> like, nat- oh my God endocannabinoids I have it written out, man. Endocannabinoids. <laughs> I don't say this word often. Endocannabinoids. We'll there go with that. Is. I think I got it. Okay. So we have two types. CB1, which we see mostly in the central nervous system, so brain and spinal cord. And then C B two, which we see in a bunch of other ones, primarily immune cells. And so like you're gonna beat me to the punch, but like when we say that that cannabis might have an effect on inflammation, it's because of these cb2 receptors that are planted in all of our okay. in a bunch of different immune cells so uh what happens we have a bunch of chemicals in our body that can be released they're endocannabinoids so naturally occurring things that Inside. like stimulate these receptors right endo meaning in yeah. um, and so they plug into these little receptors and can do a bunch of different things and most of the research that looks at and inf- inflammation in cbd looks at plugging something in to that CB2 receptor. And so whether that is like stimulating one of our endocannabinoids to plug in there or putting some other product and getting it to stick in that receptor, which is like how a lot of drugs work is just figuring out a receptor they can go in and putting a different chemical there. That's how caffeine works. Um, And so that's a lot of how we're looking at from a a physiological level. One of the tricky things is actually getting it to those different receptors. And we have a bunch of different cells that have those receptors on them. Interestingly, we have them in our fat, in our adrenal glands, thyroid glands, liver, uh, which is also interesting because the liver breaks down and metabolizes CBD, uh, but also in cartilage and in bone. So they're everywhere. These different types of receptors are everywhere. And so I was looking at like, knowing that we're going to focus on topical CBD, what does the research say about that? And I just, there isn't a lot to go off of because so much has been done about inhalation routes, that's what we know the most about. And so that's where a lot of the research focuses. Okay, so as far as what route is best then, it just, it's a big, it depends. Um, Depending on how we get it into our body, that might not make it into our blood as well. So, So there's something called bioavailability. Basically, you take a thing, it has to be broken down by your gut, by your liver, whatever, and then it gets into your bloodstream and goes where it needs to go. Depending on how we put that into our body, bioavailability will be different. So if we eat it, or if we like eat a gummy, or put it under our tongue, or whatever, if we swallow it, it has a low bioavailability. If we smoke it, it has a higher bioavailability. Topically, it has a similar bioavailability, so it's low compared to orally, but because it doesn't have to get broken down by the gut that way, it is more effective. Mm. So, right because you're bypassing your liver and your stomach breaking down the CBD, you're just putting straight like chemical onto your onto the part that hurts. Yeah. So there is something to topical CBD actually working. Right, works. Or does anybody in the chat have anything?
1: Well, my first question would be: People in the chat, are we frozen right now? because something just froze on my Uh. OBS Uh, I have no idea what just happened I hate this freaking program it's frozen, that's why Uh. oh, there it goes No, okay, it's back anyways, so first of all, or actually I, I have a couple questions and I'll go, I'll ask the last one I gotta remember. Okay, first, first thing is uh, how many different receptor thingies are in there for all different things. How we have oh, the cannabinoid, God. whatever. How, how many different individual receptors are there?
0: Uh, it's a good question. Some of my some of my YouTube colleagues over in Pittsburgh actually just did a video about this. It was something like we have only discovered like on the order of tens of thousands of receptors but we anticipate that there are like hundreds of millions of things that could plug into those receptors so like crazy it is it's actually a big phenomenon it's called the key and lock phenomenon um so like we've discovered seven different endocannabinoids we only have two types of receptors
1: so it's like in it's it's like a something people can't even fathom yet the amount of possibilities of how we could be affected by certain things that has haven't ever, that's so crazy to think about. It also makes me feel like the God argument is a lot stronger whenever the God, like being something or another argument, whenever you're like, how did we just, you know, end up with hundreds of thousands or hundreds, whatever, you know, crazy, you know, this, how in amazing the body is like it's wild to think that that just happened right dude it's insane like it's just a crazy thing to think about so that was my first question while you were talking about that like well if there's a very specific thing in our body that is meant to receive these things through the from the cbd that we're getting like how many others are there
0: well, it, that's, that's another like nomenclature thing too. Like these things are named endocannabinoids, which like, I've heard that same thought of like, well, why would we have things for cannabis if it wasn't, if we weren't meant to do something with cannabis? Yeah. And it was kind of like a chicken and the egg thing. Like we named it because they did something there.
1: That makes sense. Right? Yeah. I'm just saying the fact that there's this one, spe- oops, one specific thing f- that is named after that, like, it makes me wonder how many more of these little specific things there are, and that's why I asked oh, that yeah, question. Dude. It's insane to think about that. Um, the other question that I had was the one that I wanted to ask last was just... Fuck, I gotta, I gotta
0: remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we, we've covered a lot. Uh, receptors and ligands, or chemicals. Well, you talked, um, about,
1: you talked about the fact that putting it on is better than putting it in your mouth. But what about, or at least it's, it's more of it a It bypasses
0: metabolism. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So does that mean that inhaling is better? Cause they say if like you're having other types of issues that you can't just put it on your arm cause your arm hurts. Like there's other types of things that might be better with the under your tongue
0: Oh, I, oh sure yeah and that's an open-ended question because like there's this is j- i'm just talking about pain management for this oh like, okay this conversation that makes and sense. so we could look at like the effect of inhaled cbd on anxiety and depression for instance and Which that's you're a whole not gonna market.
1: fix by doing this no
0: <laughs> well I, that's at least not what i found right I'm no that's being, a good that's a good question i'm just being a
1: pretend scientist here and saying that you're not gonna fix it by rubbing it on your skin <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a good question though. Like it, it's, it's one of the things I see like when doing research and debunking for different products, it's like people will take, actually, I actually did a video about massage guns a few months ago. Yeah. And there are only something like two studies that had looked directly at like the little massage guns themselves in the last few years, yeah. but there's obviously a lot more research on massage itself. Yeah. And so a lot of the people who were advertising the massage guns took and repurposed the claim from massage um... research and just said like, Look at what all this can do. That's what our product does. Like, no, dude, it's trying to do that. But until we study it, we don't know that it does that.
1: That makes sense. So I did a sauna today for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. How does that compare to CBD?
0: So, okay. I have to, I'll answer this in two ways. First off, we could actually compare this. So there <laughs> are studies I'm a that. Scientist. Right. Right. <laughs> um, there are studies that look at two different therapeutics or interventions like sauna or CBD on whatever outcome. So in order to answer the question, like how do they compare, you'd have to pick something that they that you're trying to compare them. So yeah. let's take pain management, right? right? What makes me feel better? 30 minutes of being in a sauna or 300 milligrams of this applied to my wrist, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you would You could compare them but you'd also have to compare what happens when you just do nothing. Yeah. Um, and that's a big problem with, with some of the researches we're going to find.
1: Oh, they don't do that control?
0: Yeah, I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad that you knew. Really? A control. Yeah. Um, that is so Obviously, different. like, it's all different. So, like, some will use control. Some will use proper double blinding and randomization. Um, and we'll break down, like, what that is for, for everybody in a second. But, but, yeah, the studies are all, like, incredibly different quality.
1: I guess you'd probably get that with anything, but whenever you have okay. so few of them that makes it a little more difficult, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean,
0: we're we're just at the beginning, like again, like CBD has gotten more popular in recent years, but it still takes a while for something to become popular and then completely understood.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: But in the meantime, like we're still seeing it used, you know? Like that that doesn't has that has not stopped a lot of people from well, I also feel
1: like there's very little worry that something like this is gonna harm you.
0: Yeah, for a topical, that's, that was like my main message, was just like it's not gonna do much more than like than an icy hot, just please don't put it on open wounds. Yeah. Or put it in your mouth. That in your mouth sounds, sounds nasty. There are other products for that. Right. Interesting. Okay, so let's get into, oh, any questions from, uh,
1: no they're just talking about smoking (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right oh man all right so let's get into let's get into the research so as of now there's only one drug that's been approved by the fda that is cbd it is a smaller dose of cbd It's something like five to 20 milligrams per day uh and it's supposed to help epilepsy seizures Mm. so this is this is some of our most robust data like the FDA has looked at all these applications for different drugs for approval. And, uh, gosh, I'm sorry. I forgot to write down the name of the drug itself, but when given to when given to people, it can reduce the amount of seizures that they have, um, if they're suffering from epileptic seizures. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's going to help all people reduce seizures or prevent seizures, but that it has helped people who get seizures a lot reduce the amount of seizures that they get. Okay. So, That's the only drug that's approved by the FDA in the States that is like a CBD product. Everything else is a supplement. And as I'm sure, you know, like the FDA just doesn't touch supplements until they're a problem. So if a product were to come out a CBD gummy or something, and everybody were to be, to be getting sick from these gummies, then the FDA might look into it. But for now it's just like, it's a supplement. You can sell it as a food or whatever, and nobody's really going to check for safety until it's a problem. I know it's the the FDA, like regulates drugs in other countries too. What? Yeah. If it's going to be sold to America. So, like, a lot of generic drugs are made in India and China and then sold to America. And so, the FDA will go and periodically, like, do reviews of their factories and check them out for safety. I know, dude. The FDA is everywhere.
1: Like, the OSHA of (laughs) medical or health type things. Yeah,
0: exactly. Regulation is something. Uh okay so here's how I found the research that I did. I basically looked at uh different research databases. So if anybody wants to go do this at home, Google Scholar is a great resource. That's yeah. scholar.google.com. How how have you used it?
1: Oh dude, when I was so in high school, I did uh post secondary. Mm-hmm. If you know what that is, I'm sure you do. Uh for anyone who doesn't know, it's where instead of doing high school classes at the high school you go to like a local college and you take college classes with people who are in college and get that credit and the school pays for the books and the class and all that stuff so i did that for my junior and senior year and the the school that i went to required everyone to take an online course for doing online research so we had to learn about citing sources and scholarly articles and what's legit and not legit and how all of the different like uh symbols and things that you can use with searches on google and those other places Mm -hmm. to like say you want to use this keyword but not this keyword and you want to have this combination of words well all of that crazy stuff so i had to go through like a literal like really really long course on searching things on the internet which I'm actually really glad about because I feel like I'm really, really good at finding things because of it. But that's where I've encountered Google scholar. And then also in school where you have to write a paper and you have to have this many scholarly resources versus just whatever you find.
0: Right. It's, I agree. It's a good skill. And not just because I use it for my job, but also like you are going to get just like less fluff more concentrated like here's just information no advertisements um it's obviously like more difficult to read
1: oh for sure it's a it can be a lot more and you have to like that's why you learn about searching keywords and things because some of them are so long that you don't want to read the entire thing to find that two sentences you need for the whatever you're working on
0: dude story of my life that is exactly what i do on a day-to-day basis Uh, Anyway, so I use Google Scholar, I use PubMed, which is another like database of uh, research that you can then search. Uh, And so I was just looking for topical CBD and pain. And right away, here's something that we need to note. A lot of the pain management studies have been done with people with either chronic pain, people uh, living with cancer pain, or people living with neuropathy. So neuro, nerve, pathy, something is wrong. So a lot of those neuropathies can come from like diabetes, Uh, they can come from a bunch of different other sources as well but basically it's this condition where you're just in constant pain and so people will try different alternative therapies basically like anything that isn't a traditional drug or like people are trying to avoid opioids because like that's a big problem still yeah Um, and so these these people these patients will often be targeted as like hey let's try giving you something at this point hopefully something will work that you like right and so uh it seemed to have some effect in different groups. Um, but as I as I mentioned, uh, like sometimes there were just no placebo group, right. You would get a certain amount of people say like 30 people in a group, give them a CBD product and then just see what they felt afterwards. Yeah. Right. If they liked it, fantastic. Um, but if not, you know, try something new. Wow, very um, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like, I, for some of these i couldn't get information about whether they blinded the participants or not um blinding is just you know if you're going to get a thing if you're going to get a drug blinding them is making sure that the participant doesn't know if they're getting the drug or the placebo mm-hmm. because if you know that you're getting something you're going to think that it worked right right um and if you if you don't know that you're getting the placebo then you can have the placebo effect which like isn't necessarily a bad thing right? Like if everybody were taking like tiny amounts of of CBD products and they were still feeling better, cool. Like, so what if it's placebo, they got benefit out of it right? as long as it was safe for them. Right. So it's like, you know, for some of the, for some of these neuropathies and some of these like chronic pain conditions, they do find that it helps. And for some of them, again, like this is where like the fact that we don't have a ton of robust data comes in, for some of them, they get pain, they get pain relief in like a dose dependent matter. So like the more that you take, the more pain relief you feel. And some is like, man, it's no difference even when you're taking 10 times the amount of CBD. Yeah. So it's like, what is the takeaway? It just all goes into the pot of everything that we know. Um, and then as far as inflammation, that's also a little bit hit or miss. So the most recent research that I could find about inflammation was a mouse study from 2018. They took a CBD topical. They made these mice uh they gave them like a thing where their knees swole up a bunch right and then they put the cbd oil on them or the cbd cream on them started out with a smaller dose and eventually went up to a 10 times dose so it was 6.2 milligrams all the way up to 62 milligrams and they just found no difference in swelling in the the mice's knees no matter what the no matter what the dosage was so it's like well okay didn't really matter for for them um Mm. Some have also done it for like TMJ pain. So like jaw pain, getting muscles to relax, that seemed to work for a little bit. Um, And then there has been some relief for some skin conditions. So like a topical around like psoriasis, eczema, like basically just painful skin. Um, But it's again, it's a lot of hit or miss. There are a lot of small sample sizes as well. So I mean, studies with like less than 30 participants. So you can't make a lot of broad sweeping judgments off of that. Yeah. Um, And so like that was, that's kind of just like the place that we're at right now with CBD research is like, there's a lot of exciting avenues to go down, but we can't say that like we know a lot other than the epilepsy thing yet.
1: Interesting. Um,
0: Yeah. It's, it's a lot of like, want wont. I wish I could tell you something more exciting. Well, Um,
1: is it possible that there's a lot of ongoing things that just aren't going to show up until they're published and reviewed? in what oh, you're yes, searching of course.
0: of course but then it's like it goes into the same problem uh are that were there a lot of participants did we like actually learn anything and then uh i always keep track of like i always i like looking at results where we just didn't find a difference because that does tell us something yeah right if we go through years and years of research and it becomes really robust and we sound sa- and we find that like cbd doesn't make a big difference in pain like great. That's science working. Um, that doesn't mean that it's bad for people necessarily. Like if you find that you like it, like I'm not going to poo poo that. Right. Right. Uh, Um, but when it comes to making the recommendation, like, Hey, should you go to the hospital, get an x-ray and get a cast on your wrist or just treat it at home with CBD cream, then it becomes a more relevant conversation.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I can't remember if it was my dad or my, Somebody that I gave it to that was like, oh, my gosh, that worked instantly. That was amazing. Also had a case of something was wrong and causing pain that it didn't do anything for because it was not. It was like it was the wrong kind of thing or whatever. So it was interesting that they had this in their head already that it worked and it was awesome. And then something else happened and it didn't do anything for them because there's some things that might not be helped by it I guess.
0: Yeah. And again that that's what we that's what we look at in science. Like we have to be pretty clear about like we're going to be studying a lot of people with cancer pain and neuropathies because like that's going to be relevant to those types of patients. Mm-hmm. Interestingly and this is kind of like the bummer for the for this evening is like couldn't find any studies looking at like you know young healthy people that are just trying to recover from athletics. Yeah. You know, and so like that's a that's where a lot of research or uh, where a lot of products go because it's really hard to mess those types of bodies up.
1: I feel like it would be really, really hard to test that and do anything with that because how are you gonna replicate the same type? Like, how do you collect thousands of people who are like having a similar? You know what I mean? Like, how different what people would be experiencing yeah. is that like, I feel like you almost couldn't do that on a large scale and have it be like something you could trust.
0: Dude. So check this out. Give me a football team. And you can, um, if you were to take like a high school football team, college, uh, let's go college football team. Cause they're all adults. You have a pretty big squad, right? We have at least dozens of people on your college football team between yeah. like the people who are actually going to start and the practice squad and everything um you could and this is something that like athletic trainers and sports medicine folks do is let's do double days basically you're going to do a bunch of a bunch of drills you're going to do all your workouts and you're going to be really sore at the end of these double days that's going to happen for two weeks and we know that we have let's say 100 football players doing this Mm -hmm. you could at the end of every day say like we're going to test whatever modality let's just say like an ice bath or something you could have everybody come off of come off of training right there rate their soreness on a scale of one to 10 follow them again the next day after they got an ice bath and say like how's your pain doing today and so like it's a really it's a really low tech thing that you could do and again it's got a lot of flaws asking people to subjectively rate their pain on a scale of one to 10 is like one way of doing it there's
1: also the fact that everyone has a different life outside of that football and what they eat is different so like somebody who goes home and works on something else and is doing strenuous stuff, even outside of it and eats well, right. Just all of the different combinations of that. That's yeah. It's, it's hard to control for
0: people in the real world and pain is super subjective. And that's yeah. why it's all like, that's why my end message for like the CBD work is just like, who knows? It depends. There's some, <laughs> there are some there's some, yeah, no, exactly. And like, that's what scientists have to say sometimes. Um, yeah, so like, there's some physiological basis for it, but like, might work for you, might not. Uh,
1: so any, so basically, another thing you could say from that is that not a single person can tell you that that stuff doesn't work because there's no proof that it actually doesn't.
0: So wait a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. Are we? Are we?
1: You can't go both. Trying you,
0: to prove a negative.
1: What I'm saying is that there's people out there who swear that it works. And we have to accept that. But I don't feel like we can accept people saying that it just doesn't work because there's no proof that it like the science doesn't say this does not work.
0: Oh, right. okay, I'm tracking now. Yeah. Yeah. So you could if somebody were to say like CBD or that's snake (laughs)
1: oil and it doesn't work. Like, Yeah, 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 you can't say that and be accurate because the science doesn't prove it yet.
0: Right. And that's not what I'm trying to say, too. It's I just, know. I'm just
1: saying because when I did the videos talking about this stuff, there's people who are like, oh, that stuff doesn't work. It's a scam, whatever else It's like, well, right. You can't say no,
0: that. I mean, like the truth, the capital T truth is somewhere in the middle of like there's more nuance to just like it works or it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, as we saw, like it works for people who want to reduce their seizures who were previously epileptic, or who, who are epileptic. Um, as far as like, is it going to like guaranteed reduce your pain? Who knows, we don't know. Um, I, I guess I should say something about safety too. Uh, I saw I saw research of people taking high doses of CBD up to 6,000 milligrams in a single dose. Bro, that's half right. of
1: this thing full.
0: Right, right, but that's, that's, that's oral. So oh, okay. that was like right, right. So that like eliminates a bunch of it because it has to pass through your gut. But even when they were taking such high doses, nothing too bad happened. The paper said that they got like headaches and diarrhea a lot of the time, but like they weren't they weren't dying. That being said, if you are taking certain medications, like check with your doctor to see if you think it's going to be a a big deal.
1: Just like um, anything else, yeah. Take anything like that, and you have medication.
0: Yeah. So hashtag not medical
1: advice all that stuff. Hashtag don't come after me, FDA. Yeah.
0: <laughs> FDA <laughs> won't come after you. It's the people who, uh, who learned about CBD on the Brant Moore show. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're just um, a couple of guys on the internet talking.
0: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to put all my sources in a comment or something too. If people want to read more about this. Um, I'm cool. always, I always believe in being transparent with where I find information.
1: And I'm sure there's probably going to be at least one person who sees this that might click on one of those links.
0: Yeah, I, that's what I found too. For all of my videos, I put my my sources in a Patreon post, and so I of course track like who's actually clicking to Patreon from the description, and it's like a fraction of a percent. Yeah, which is a bummer. I wish that more people would prioritize like fact checking and looking at sources, but like it just doesn't happen. Dude, that's have why you been I on a job, Facebook though. before? <laughs> I got rid of Facebook in twenty eighteen, and it was one of the best things I ever did. I did. Granted, I'm still on Instagram, but. <laughs> Dude, it is
1: incredible the amount of stuff that people share and have absolutely no idea if it's real or not.
0: Yeah, dude, it's it's one of the biggest like you know medical communication issues that we have as science communicators. I I, I don't want to talk about like vaccine information or anything because that's gonna ignite a whole different. Oh, you said the word now it's gonna
1: now we're flagged.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it's my accent. I actually meant. Uh, uh, bar- I don't. I got nothing. It's um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick, it's, it's a big deal.
1: Jda in the chat just did his five dollars super chat and said, "Aces genuinely helped my knee." There you go, dude. I mean, the guy crashed hard at the trails at our trail jam, and he. Te- I gave him a whole tin of it. And he texted me that night or the day after and was like, that stuff really works. My wife already wants me to buy another tin. That's cool, dude. See, like, I'm I'm glad that
0: it is helping people regardless of what, you know, who makes it or, or where they found success. Like, that's rad.
1: And the nice thing is that, like, it's more than likely not going to hurt you in some way. Like, I feel like if you told everyone you know to take five-hour energies, somebody might have something bad happen from it.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad we got that out of our systems in high school. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can
1: just remember people having like three of those and just being like... Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, I I can't...
0: I, I like coffee, but man, I can't handle energy drinks anymore. It's just not... I like the taste of the coffee. I like I like caffeine, but I don't know. It, it energy drinks when I'm desperate on a long drive. Sometimes that's all you got.
1: Yeah. I haven't had more than a couple like sips of one that Victoria was drinking for since I was in high school. Yeah. Cause You're got, not a big caffeine person anyway, right? No, because in high school I my mother father supplied my caffeine addiction by just having (laughs) monsters in the fridge for me like to just have so i would not eat lunch at school and have an energy drink that morning and you can imagine the crash that you're gonna have and the, the amount of crap you're gonna feel like like even as a kid in high school i felt like total crap and got addicted to caffeine to the point where if i didn't have one not eating lunch, whatever. I just feel yeah. the same type of crap that I did having it. So it was like, it got to a point where it was just like, yep, I'm done. And haven't had a full one. Yeah. And the only ones I have drank were Victoria's and that's sugar free with nothing in it, but the other, the stuff for the energy stuff.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Actually, that's probably thinking about like the marketing of energy drinks to our sports. That's probably a pretty good crossover to like the CBD stuff these days.
1: It'd be cool if it just switched. What do you mean? Like energy drinks weren't a thing and CBD was the whole thing. Like how energy drinks are the big sponsors right now.
0: We'll see, man. I do wonder how much of like the energy drink sponsorship success story uh, has been because of our sports. I feel like the, the ability to sponsor action sports athletes has made, has like given the image to all these different drink companies.
1: Oh, yeah. And, I like, mean, if you think about appeal. any of them, their whole image is around action sports-type things. Mm-hmm. Fully.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I just uh, I, I spent the last weekend with Nikita out in North Carolina, and mm-hmm. obviously, like, she's sponsored by Red Bull. And, like, she was talking to me about, like, the health stuff that they do for her. And, like, they take care of her you know it's oh, the sure. it's the training program the nutrition like therapy like it's it's really cool how much they prioritize like
1: taking care of athletes i feel like i've heard that before too from like garrett talking in an interview or something just if something happens i think it was to do with injury stuff where like mm-hmm. they pay for all of the doctor stuff for people it might have been ryan sheckler or somebody i can't remember
0: sure Oh, God. Have we gotten to the point in BMX where, like, companies are, are paying for health insurance yet?
1: I'm, you know this way better than I do. I would guess that there might be a couple bike companies. G, I feel like GT might. I don't know. I, the, the, the big answer is I don't know, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if a company like GT was.
0: Sure. So there's somebody with, like, the financial firepower. Yeah.
1: Other than that, I really don't know. Man, the state of BMX sponsorship is like sad.
0: I dude, you again, like you know way more about this than I do. I remember back in whenever it was, when the Levi's team was a hot thing. Yeah. Like they they made waves because they were offering health insurance to their riders. And that was seems like, why are we not doing this? It's an action sport. You're you get hurt, it's part of the sport. If you want longevity from your riders, like get them some, get them anything, get them like the minimum coverage possible, but at least then like taking care of your injuries won't be as big of a deal. Won't be as big of a hit.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. And Maybe it has something to do with those plans and how those things work, because I know there's differences between like companies who work with health insurance companies and do it privately and mm-hmm. have to pay. The company has to pay and all that stuff. It's a, Dude, that's a crazy world. Like, the insurance world is insane. Yeah.
0: I wonder, if, I wonder if you could talk to somebody within that either did the Levi's team. I'm trying to think of who was on it. It was Bestwick.
1: Justin Simpson, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's from... Oh, Hawaii.
0: man. Uh, I think Zach Warden was as well.
1: The Olympics might change that for the better of the sport. That's a good point. And... I mean, there's always going to be the companies who just aren't going to do it because they can't afford to do it or whatever. I mean, if that's the other part of it, it's like anyone, you know, ask them how much they're paying per paycheck for insurance. It's like between 30 and 50, maybe upwards of a hundred dollars per paycheck. People are getting paid. What thousand to whatever the top end of that is per month for like jobs. Then look at the BMX rider who's making 250 to 500 maybe maybe $1,000 a month. Depending on the company right. and what they're doing, like, can they even afford health insurance out of their,
0: like, out yeah, of their It depends, insurance? right? I know in California, we have a system called Covered California where it takes your income into consideration and gives you a bunch of different plans. Yeah. I think Ohio must have something similar where you just like you have the ability to type in your income it'll give you a discount on your on your insurance and so like yeah so like my insurance is 150 bucks a month luckily i don't use it that much but like that's a that's a still pretty good chunk of change right
1: yeah i mean mine Um, i literally because i have that job working for the tractor company doing videos um the only reason that we go through a temp agency to, for me to get paid is because that temp agency offers insurance where I couldn't get nice. insurance through them because I'm not, I don't work enough hours. And that is for uh, dental and health insurance. It's $30 a week out of my check. Okay. It's like 120 bucks a month. Um, yeah. But it's like crap health insurance. Sure. But I also yeah. don't, I'm, I don't know.
0: I don't yeah, know. knock on wood that you don't have to use it anytime soon all that.
1: Well, when I had my concussion and I had to get a CAT scan and all that other stuff, they paid for like 500 bucks of it and that was it. Yeah. I don't know if that was because we went to somewhere out of network or whatever. I don't know. Because okay. I think basically if anything else ever happens, I'm just going to make the calls to find out what's in network so that I for sure –
0: yeah, dude. That's that's some solid life advice too. Like wherever you're traveling, figure out where's in uh where's in network that you could go to if you crash. Yeah.
1: Uh somebody just mentioned Spot insurance. There's a lot of action sports people promoting Spot. It's a company you pay. They said I think it's like 20 bucks a month. It's like 20-25 a month where they'll match or they'll pay some up to a certain amount something or no, I'm sure you can pull. It oh.
0: Okay. Yeah, it looks like injury insurance. Yeah, so this is basically like for catastrophes it looks like. Oh,
1: I man. tried to reach out to them a couple of years ago, but they never responded. So oh, yeah, spot. Sure enough. Hit me up.
0: Yeah. It looks like they got ambassadors from all these like mountain bikers and surfers like Travis Rice. But he's a Red Bull athlete, isn't he? He's a snowboarder, the dude who did um, The art of flight. Mm. Uh, This is fascinating. Greg Lutzka, skater. I don't see
1: any uh, BMXers on here though. So Chase Hawk. A couple people have done ads for them on Instagram, but I don't know if anyone's like actually. Spot, hit me up. (laughs) Yeah, dude, reach out. You know how to write an email. I did. That was the thing. When I hurt myself (laughs) and my insurance didn't cover it, I reached out to them and I was like, "Look, I had this crash." My insurance didn't cover it. I have this YouTube channel. And these people who watch who could genuinely benefit from from what you guys are doing, like, let's work together. And they mm-hmm. never responded. Yeah.
0: There was a, a thing a while ago. I think it was right after the Stephen Murray crash, the athlete recovery fund. Yeah. And that just seemed like, man, the best intentions. But, like, if that was as successful as possible, it still was not going to be enough to cover all the, all the athlete, like, you know, accidents and injuries, right? It needs to be a systemic thing, hopefully. I don't know. It's a bigger problem that we're not going to solve tonight, you know?
1: Somebody with a lot of money should start the Action Sports Insurance Company where some way it's... Maybe make it like one of those uh, religious insurance policies (laughs) where everyone (laughs) puts the money in or whatever. Those actually seem... Pretty legit when you look into them
0: yeah i think there was a john oliver about that one i don't know i watch that guy okay yeah um gosh that's a whole it's a thing i i think that's gonna be one of the things that we struggle with over the next couple years as an industry like especially as somebody mentioned like as the olympics make this thing more legitimate right we're gonna need to become a more legitimate business
1: people are gonna be pushing back against that but since I've done this YouTube channel and talked about this type of stuff, it seems like in that time people have become more and more accepting of talking about those things and accepting the fact that, like, if you're a professional rider, you are a business person working for this company doing a job. Yeah. And some people act like it, some people don't.
0: Yes. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason the biggest, uh, followings get sponsors i don't know you've talked about this before i know so it's not it's i feel like it's not worth rehashing you can go link to somewhere
1: else where you've talked about it well it's just yeah montana ricky likes to go on rants about it because he deals with it and deals with people who just expect because they can do trick a b or c that they should just get stuff that's the biggest yeah. connection I think people need to make is between the fact that you're doing tricks and working for what you're getting back and that you should be working and providing a return on what you're getting if you're getting something. Right. And at the same time, like BMX doesn't owe you anything. Yup. Or nope, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm agreeing, but I have to say no, it doesn't at the same time. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, damn, I just had something on my tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. It had to do with that, because there are people who seem to feel entitled to things. Oh,
0: I got I got nothing positive to add to that conversation, man. I ride wrong. bikes, but I don't know anything about the industry these days.
1: Yeah, it's gotten better than it was. Good, dude. at least in my eyes. Is that the end of your CBD lesson? Yeah,
0: we got, we got to the end. It only took us an hour. <laughs>
1: yeah, we didn't even get into it for the first 15 minutes because of me yeah. and all of my freaking, my unfortunate series of events. Your series of unfortunate events from this year. I know, dude.
0: You're going to go find that owl somewhere dead on the road tomorrow.
1: <sighs> I'm going to hold it up by its feet, take a picture with it. <laughs>
0: Cool. Send it to to me. I'll dissect it. It'll be a fun video.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: there you go. Make (laughs) it a series. When did it, so you do like deer hunting still, right?
1: I haven't yet this year, but yeah.
0: Okay. How did you learn? Do you like skin the deer and everything? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever, how did you learn how to do that? I kind of want to like poke into this because like I want to do more dissections and I know that like creeps people out to see like, you know, one, dead things on the internet. But also like sourcing those materials whether it's like a stray cat or possum or something you see in the road or Mm -hmm. a deer that you shot yourself how did you how did you get into this
1: i mean my dad has hunted forever and then naturally when you have a kid like and it's a boy and you hunt like that's the thing like you get your kid into hunting too so I've been exposed to it since I was really little. The first deer I ever shot, I think I was like 10 or something. And I was by myself in the woods when I did it. Like that honestly was a, I don't, I can't measure how much that affected me as a person, but that affected me more than most other things that have ever happened to me. Being this like 10 year old kid, uh, just, sorry, I got spam stuff in here. Uh, my son and I watched an old BMX videos of you riding today, Patrick. So cool. There's one oh, cool. 14 years ago. That's awesome. Huck, little Huck Kerinsky. But anyways, uh, I'm like a 10-year-old kid. I shoot this deer, and it doesn't die right away. So I walk up to oh, it, no. and it's just like making these noises and like i'm by myself so i don't know what to do uh, this is graphic i know but <laughs> but i had to like continue shooting this thing and like i try i dude it was like a crazy experience and i remember not even like i didn't like i wasn't like crying or traumatized or anything like that but it was just like whenever people tell stories of like native americans taking their kids out for the rite of passage or they talk about hunting being like the rite of passage like i experienced that as a like a 10 year old kid by myself in the woods walking back up to our camper by myself ah, like to go in the little camper and let my dad know that i shot this deer and but like that i got into it growing up but the whole skinning a deer thing is, it. The reason I ever did that was to save money because you don't have mm-hmm. to when you take it to the processor. It just costs more for them to do it. Yeah. Or like if you're going to, uh, if you're going to get it mounted or whatever, if you shoot one big enough that you want to have mounted. You're usually better off doing it yourself because it'll be quicker to get it to the taxidermist if you yeah. do it than if you take it to the processor. Then you got to pick it up and all that crap. Um, Did that give you
0: like a – you mentioned like shooting it and that was kind of a, a big traumatic thing or, or, or stayed with you. I don't know if we want to call it trauma. Um, but do you feel like that gave you a, a different relationship with death than if you weren't a hunter?
1: probably i mean i was 10 years old i didn't i i can't say because i don't i wasn't old enough to even think that way and i i would guess so because even today like death does not even affect me (laughs) like at all it's weird yeah Yeah, if
0: you're that one guy at a funeral who's just like hey how's it going nice to see you like i mean obviously like
1: you know you yeah be respectful put on your face for the occasion but like i don't know I feel like it like almost numbs that part of you from yeah. that. Uh,
0: or death is just a part of life.
1: Well, I think that might be it as well. You're better saying these things. It was, like, was a long <laughs> time ago. It was literally 18 or so years ago at this point. And I think this has nothing to do with your question, but being a hunter and getting... Like, harvesting my own food and knowing where it comes from gives you a different relationship with your food than what somebody like you who's in california like you go to the store and you get your food and it's like a however i don't know what you eat but like it's a totally different thing to where like i can see why somebody who lives in a bigger city and has never experienced any type of hunting or anything like that in their entire life could see what happens in the meat industry and be like, I don't ever want to eat again. And then you look at someone like me who's grown up hunting and like, I know where that came from. I know that I did that. And I know that if I didn't shoot that deer, it might've got hit on the road. It would, it might've got eaten by a coyote or five years later, it's going to get old and die and, nothing's gonna ever come of it like so i feel like it's just a totally different relationship with your food that way
0: yeah yeah i I, that was probably the more relevant question was not like has this changed your relationship with death but like has this changed your relationship with food and i think anyone who
1: eats meat should have to kill some kind of animal just to have that connection because If you don't, it's just it's whatever at that point. It's like you don't care. Like oh, and and not that's not saying that like I eat a cheeseburger and I'm like oh I care where it came from, (laughs) but I I recognize the fact or where it came from, right? If I was thinking about it that way, that's so interesting, man. I feel like that's because
0: obviously like us in California, we have a different perspective of like. And I'm not speaking for all Californians, but clearly, yeah. like I live in the Bay Area of San Francisco. I the average San Franciscan thinks differently than the average person from Ohio,
1: right? Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, so I, I think it's fair. Like most people here look at meat from the climate change angle and think of like ah, red meat is bad because emissions, because transportation for those cows and stuff like that. And like it has no, like those two worlds of like environmental factors, and then like morality and looking at the process of meat production those are just like two different worlds Mm -hmm. and i know people like will make decisions based on you know everything that they're exposed to throughout their lives so i don't know i think it's interesting it's it's never as simple as everybody should hunt or everybody should not eat red meats oh you know yeah if there is some nuance and context here
1: and it, it never will be that simple and i think anyone who generalizes like that has no right to the opinion that they hold <laughs> because if you can't argue both sides of your opinion then you have no right to your opinion that's my point of view
0: hmm i i'd change that if you don't understand both angles of your opinion
1: if you understand both sides you can argue both sides if you sure. actually yeah. understand it yeah yeah yeah. that's yeah. just the way that's... i look at things because yeah, I, i think it's relevant too no matter what it is try to look at both sides of anything to just to, to have a better understanding of things because that's this has gotten into like a philosophical discussion at this point. because <laughs> that's a, pretty, a huge problem with things today is that people say things without having any sort of context to the other side or what they're actually saying or any sort of empathy for the consequences of the types of things that they're saying.
0: Right, dude I, I feel like it's one of the basic human skills that will never go out of style is like listening and holding a conversation and figuring out where people are coming from and that way whether it's like the BMX industry and figuring out all the problems there or health stuff like we we're talking about it's it's one of the greatest skills that you can have it, it seems like it's it seems like you have a lot of like older folks in your audience is there right?
1: yeah there's a lot of guys who are 30 35 plus
0: yeah I I, I mean I imagine this is what you're teaching your kids at this point too. Y'all like that. Yeah, there are certain skills that you want practically, but also just like, dude, one of the best character traits you can have is being a good listener.
1: Seriously. I There's a lot of people that I just don't like being around because they don't listen in a conversation. You can't have a conversation with them without them just talking about themselves the entire time. I love having conversations with people where we don't talk about ourselves even at all. We just talk about things. And it's that's one of the reasons why I love hanging out with Sponge so much. It's because we can just sit there and talk about stuff without ourselves being involved with it at all.
0: Yeah, dude. That's the best. There's, there's a time and place for it. You know, there's oh, always to catch up with the all the interesting stuff, but also like there's so much cool stuff beyond our own lives that's worth talking about
1: you're not wrong man let's talk about bikes
0: oh sure okay you, <laughs> i got you, like maybe like 15 more minutes that i can that i can hang out and then i got to go on to the next thing
1: oh damn you budgeted your time for this i what do i it's
0: only it's not even seven o'clock i still got a script to write what <laughs> a guy i'm sorry no i just
1: i, I fully we'll hang out sometime be off of this thing already honestly but just because of that delay to get started and the fact yeah. that we're just having a nice conversation here. Um, so what's your BMX life like right now?
0: Dude, it's good. Uh, so we have a bunch of different things going on in the Bay area. We have an overall older scene right now. So like a bunch of like 30 plus kids that are like, I say kids 30 They're plus kids. crew we're that are kids. like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it, man. Um, but yeah like everyone's been getting together at certain skate parks there's less constant like wednesday night session saturday night session and there's more and more jams coming up all the time there aren't a ton of media folks uh there is i want to shout out the quality control group though they're like some younger kids down here in the south bay uh they just did like a it was like a half hour video for the whole scene that they put out like a few weeks ago it was really good bunch of like good up-and-comers younger kids there um but that's run by a guy named Bradley, and he's been doing a bunch of really cool stuff with filming and getting kids out there. Um, but otherwise, just like bikes in this scene are are good right now.
1: What about it's, for you? I want to hear about your experience oh, sure.
0: at BMX right now. I don't know. It's fun, man. I got to going out to North Carolina the other weekend was just really fun. Like it was, it was cool to be out there with a professional rider, like Nikita, and I've been friends for. A decade now and she's Mm -hmm. gone on to like you know be in the olympics and and get sponsored by red bull and stuff i'm super proud of her but like it was just fun getting to ride with somebody who only thinks about riding with a bunch of other people who just live and breathe riding yeah it was so different from like my life which is constantly like work and research and learning and academic stuff and then just getting to ride bikes for two days two days um i think you may you probably met him i got to ride with joe nix while i was out there oh yeah i know joe yeah, he's a cool guy. Like yeah, quiet, is. pretty soft spoken, but like just absolute you shredder. Animal.
1: Mm-hmm. Who else does three sixty Superman seat grab Indian airs? <laughs> right. Oh, dude. What? Yeah, he was just
0: so dialed the entire time too. Yeah. Cool guy. Um.
1: How yeah, North Carolina scene is good. Hmm? How often do you get the ride?
0: At least once a week at this point.
1: Good. I, make, it's always.
0: No, sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted you.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say you don't post that much on Instagram of writing stuff, so I don't know.
0: I don't, so I don't know if you ever get like this because you you upload something every day or multiple times a day on YouTube. Point, right? I do on YouTube, on Instagram. Right. Okay, I I get in periods where when I as soon as the camera goes on, I just lose all like joy.
1: Oh, I understand
0: it's just not fun to film things and like i'm still progressing i'm still learning new tricks all the time Mm -hmm. but i just don't care like i don't i don't know i would rather have this the personal satisfaction of landing something sketchy getting high fives and that's it but like as soon as the camera comes out now it's work now it's stressful and i just I don't know. BMX should make you happy. Right. The thing that that you do for fun should make you happy. Yeah. And I feel like if I want to continue to ride as long as I can, then sometimes that means like not filming. That just means having a session and getting a photo with everybody afterwards, you know, But like the, the not filming thing makes bikes more enjoyable for me sometimes with the exception of, with the exception of like, I feel like there's always opportunity for storytelling like I I mean you you saw the Fast and Loose videos. Like I'm sure I'm sure you've watched all of those at this point, yeah.
1: I watched the most recent one that they're dropping in parts right now at Swampfest in whole. Okay.
0: And it was I'm sure amazing, right? It was awesome, yeah. Dude, I I feel like videos that tell a story are timeless, which is why props and road pools are such a big part of like our bike vocabulary growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, because there was something that was entertaining and interesting to follow as opposed to just, like, what bangers did they produce,
1: right? Yeah, I kind of talked about this – not exactly this, but kind of with Stu Johnson at Swampfest. Mm-hmm. Fest. I'm brought up – or I asked the question of, like, back when he started filming things, was it more so that people were filming just to document what was happening – or was or were people like I want to do this in the camp like, so we're filming. Like, oh sure. I want to film this because that's what things are like today. Where like someone does something and they're intentionally filming it for Instagram. Like most of what you see on Instagram is <clears throat> intentionally filmed for it, and it's a lot different than like what I'm doing.
0: Right, like making content is 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 not documentation necessarily
1: except i'm not making content i'm documenting
0: oh sure like when you go to swamp fest yeah you're talking to people you're like and I, even that's why my... i really like the who has the best blank in BMX. oh yeah because you're capturing a piece in time like it is almost it's like journalism in a way um and it, it's yes it is content because you're making it for like a social outlet that's but the like, name of it yeah
1: sure yeah
0: but like, I think it's it's a good way to capture a, a moment in time.
1: And that's and I, that's exactly what I'm doing when I'm filming sessions, too. like Because I've always filmed, just from the beginning, I, I just never stopped. And it just became now where, like, instead of saving everything that I do film because I'm filming everything I'm doing new, I'm just filming every single session and whatever happens is what i'm filming like it's very rare that i'm like oh i'm gonna do this because i'm filming it like when it comes to on the daily they're still like oh I'm, i want to do this trick and i'm filming it for a video part or something right but i i feel like more so there's a pretty big difference in what i'm doing just because it's literally documenting what is happening every time i ride i
0: also feel like you have a, a diverse enough trick list that you could film 500 videos in a row and not repeat a single trick
1: <laughs> the sad thing is like you could be right about that but the sad thing is that i could pro- i might be able to do that but i forget and i don't think about. And I so I get stuck in the same grooves of the same right. tricks. And then I remember someone I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah.
0: That's what I feel like when I worked at Woodward and like, would be coaching kids, one of my favorite things to do was just like, all right, you're going to ride this bowl because this is what we're assigned to. But you're going to go opposite the entire way. Ooh. You're not going to hit the same hip the same way twice. Like yeah. You have to go and like ride this thing uniquely. And I feel like that's one of the, my favorite things – as, like, a 32 year old is exploring a new park because of the novelty of it. Yeah. Um, so, like, these days, man, I would love to make a video that is just exploring all of California's skate parks. Like, we have, I think, 52 counties in California. There's got to be a cool spot or like a trick to do in each of those counties. Oh, right. And it, it's impossible that there's not. Right. Even if it's like, I mean, like the northern mountainous counties too, like, there's got to be a tree to foof in somewhere. Something. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's there's spots. Do a bar spin on Main Street in like a, a twenty person town. Sure. Yeah. Um dude, that would be rad. But like that gets me excited is like creativity and seeing that there's an ability to tell a story. I would love to go and film. I'd be I feel like I would be motivated to film if it were for the sake of for the sake of story as opposed to trick trick trick.
1: Well that's what you make it. If that's what you want to yeah, do dude. the Home is where you make it, man. Yeah, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> after, after I can travel again, get on the road, I still want to come to Ohio and I still want to do that Pittsburgh trip at some point. You should.
1: You I definitely will. should. Um, Yeah. That's interesting. I just recently realized that every video that I make is like a story. Like, yes, there can, <laughs> there can be story in there and I think that that ever since I've come to that realization, it's made videos better because I recognize that even though this is me just documenting what happens, there's still the story of what happened there. And I just need to help that move along and like tell that story. Yeah. Instead of even something,
0: even something without explicit story. Like I'm sure you've seen those, the raw Skater does like 60 attempts at a trick
1: and -hmm. it's
0: just like raw clip after raw clip. That's a story too. Because it is getting to the spot, seeing the person try the first time. That first try was scary. Okay, they're gonna try it again. Oh man, they didn't make it. And then just like after try number sixty, everybody goes nuts. Everybody like that's the big resolution. That's the climax of the story. Mm -hmm. And so even though they haven't quote told a story, they got across a story. And you can do the exact same thing when you do a session.
1: Well that's the thing. There's always something going on in your mind to tells to, to talk about, and that's what I do now. like right if I'm because every single trick I do takes 60 tries. <laughs> sure. so there yeah, there's a beginning, middle and end for sure. yeah and and I was thinking about it today. If there's any advice I would give for anyone who wants to make videos on YouTube and make it a thing and make it what they do, Remember to make every single video a story because when someone is watching a video, you are taking them on a journey. And if you don't take them anywhere or you cut it all off and it goes off like roots for a tree but happens very quickly, they're going to get lost. They're going to get bored. Mm -hmm. They're going to click off. They're going to have no reason to stay in because you didn't give them one. So no matter what you're filming, there's a story to it you're just filming your day you're filming yourself doing the trick 60 times find the story there and tell it in your video
0: this is where I've seen like I've, I've taught kids from 8 to 18 yeah and so I've seen like little kids be really just crappy storytellers right that's every little kid like mm-hmm. how are you today I had a cereal and then I, I t- there have was you ever a had a dream tour.
1: where you could <laughs> you can <laughs>
0: It's fun. To, yeah. Little kids can't tell stories. Um, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen that with the older kids too. And I feel like, Hey, what are you trying to tell me the story of man? Like kind of cut to the chase. Like let's, yeah. let's get to this, but I don't know. Good storytelling is also a good skill. Like all the dudes that you have ever looked up to that you're like, I want to be that guy, whether it is, I don't know, whether it is Stu Johnson and making movies or Joe Rogan, like they're great storytellers mm-hmm. and that's a, it's a, you know, Something we've been doing for tens of thousands of years as humans.
1: It's what we do. See, at the end of the day, that's like the main thing that we have in common from now to when we first were able to communicate. Yeah, man. Boom.
0: I feel Science. like I feel like that's a good that's a good positive place to end it. We didn't we're not ending on death and uh
1: Well, you just said and, that, and so we are now. Well, <laughs> all right, well <laughs> Make
0: sure to hug your grandma.
1: Oh, that's funny. Well, folks, we're at the end of Patrick's allotted time for this interview. so. You, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: You can contact my agent.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll get a hold of him. That's funny. Right. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks for doing this. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. Thank you for everyone tuning in. And uh, I'll see them tomorrow morning. You'll see them on his YouTube channel, which will be linked in the description. If you care about science, which you probably should, check it out.
0: I've done some videos on your channel too, dude. We've done. uh, I feel like we've been collaborating since like 2018.
1: We did. We we did at least one or two, two, I think. Breaks for sure. I know that was one of them. Yep, we talked about science and breaks, force. (laughs) Cool, dude. All right, we'll see you sometime.